Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, Richie V, Mr. Call Screener, and I am here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden in New York City. Now, we're going to talk about a bunch of things, AOC and her tax-the-rich stunt at the uh, Met and we got a little bit more because uh, we got some audio on that. We have this breaking story, big, big story, because uh, this is stuff that we shouldn't ignore. Breaking news, General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, cut a deal with China to sabotage Trump before the 2020 election. Now, this is a big deal because he told military officials not to take certain orders after the Capitol riot. And we'll get into both of that, both of those stories right after we get into this AOC stuff. But AOC, she was at the Met Gala. And this is a gala at the Metropolitan Museum of Art that supports fashion. As you know, Fashion Week is uh, right now. It just happened. I actually went to a Fashion Week um, show last Friday. And my daughter is a fashionista. When she was in high school, she did the uh, F... What's it called? FIT, right? FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology Program. And it was really cool. It was really fun. She, um, she loves that stuff, and I love a good party. So we uh, hit the red carpet, and uh, those photos are on my Instagram if you want to check it out, at Rich Valdez. But it was a really cool line by a designer named Joseph Diacetis. And Joseph uh, is uh, one of the editors at Forbes and created this line that focuses on um, the Latin American custom of of being a cowboy, right, down in South America and whatnot. And one of these days, maybe we'll get him on the show to explain it. But it was really cool. There was other brands there, other lines. Some were more risque than others. But the point is, lots of people are at Fashion Week events and at this Met Gala. But I didn't spend anything to go to the party I went to. But AOC, she spent $30,000. Now, you've probably heard of this already. And you've seen the pictures of her all over the place with this dress, a white dress that says, tax the rich. Now, what was funny was that on Instagram or, or maybe on Twitter, somebody had put a, a Photoshop picture and it showed instead of tax the rich, it said Trump won exclamation point, which I thought was really funny. But she wore the dress and I got to be frank with you. Look, I'm not against it. She's got her thing. I've got my thing. I totally disagree with her. I don't think we should be taxing the rich. I think we should tax everybody the same, a flat tax. Everybody the same rate. So whether you make twenty five thousand a year and you pay ten percent of your income, or if you make twenty five million a year or twenty five billion a year, fair is fair. So I support the fair tax, the flat tax. I know there's a nuance between the two, but I don't support the progressive tax structure that we currently have because I think it just doesn't. Nobody should get a pass. Nobody should get a pass. Everybody should pay the piper. If you make a dollar, you pay your ten cents, twenty cents, whatever it is. 
But now with tax rates at 35% and the more you make, it gets closer to 40, 45. So most people are, you know, just under 50%. You make $20 million this year, you're really only made 11. And that's why people become so greedy because the government takes so much of their damn money. But anyway, AOC was on the red carpet and she uh, had the audacity to say at an event for the mega elite in New York City and around the world who fly in to just go to this thing, $30,000 ahead. She has the nerve to call herself a working class person. Now, I guess, listen, we're all working class people if we work, right? I mean, otherwise, we'd be independently wealthy and we wouldn't work. We'd be like Richard Branson. And I'm not saying he doesn't work, but what's his work? Creating a company to fly into space, right? That's what he does because he's got so much money. Same thing with Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. These guys are all flying in space. So yeah, do they work? I'm sure they work. But uh, it's not the same as your work and my work, right? They're, they're not going to get a, a collection notice in the mail. And that's the part I'm talking about. So for AOC to say when she's wearing this really nice dress that probably cost a lot of money or was donated, but after today will cost a lot of money, and to sit in a chair and have a meal that cost her $30,000, to say that this is that she's just a working class person, I think she could have been a little bit more eloquent. Listen to this. When Aurora and I were first kind of partnered, uh, we really started having a conversation about what it means to be working class women of color at the Met. And we said, you know, we can't just play along, but we need to break the fourth wall and challenge some of the institutions. And, and you know, while the Met is known for its, its spectacle, we should have a conversation about it. So there she is, all out crazy, AOC, our least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, just saying, you know what, well, that's just how it goes. I am a uh, working class person, and these are things that we need to look at. And she's talking about how we need to continue to tax the rich and destroy capitalism and use the Green New Deal as a farce, as a cover-up to destroy what America achieved through the Industrial Revolution. She hates it. She loves the fact that she makes $174,000 a year off of the government. And that's why it's easy for her to say these things. She has a platform. Now, some of you are saying, oh, come on, you're not being fair. She was a bartender. Listen, I was a barber. I worked for tips, too. I know exactly what it's like to put in hard days work. I still do. I do it all the time. So here's my, my question is, is AOC out of line? Is this a height of hypocrisy? And honestly, hypocrites don't typically bother me. It's AOC's flippant nature, right? I don't mind that she's using her free speech. I don't mind that she goes to the Met. What I really mind here is that she wants to come across as some sort of average Joe, She's not an average Joe. She went from making whatever she was making as a bartender, and I'm sure there's many bartenders that make a good living, but I know she was a waitress and what, and there's a lot of waitresses that make a good living, and I'm not, I'm not condemning that in any way. I'm just saying she had a, a mega improvement in life and for her platform and for her message and her mission, and she gets funded by the government. Then she raises about that much. I think she raised $30 million for her reelection. So when you have... Someone that is, you know, spending a, a small percentage of her campaign fund, because I'm pretty sure that came from the campaign. If it came from the congressional office, oh boy, I think that they, you know, they'd be camping out outside her office. So clearly people that made small dollar contributions to her campaign funded and footed the bill for this. Is that right? I don't know. You tell me. This is why I can't get mad at a rich person. Right. And if she took that percentage of her salary and said, look, I make one hundred seventy four K a year. I don't need all that money. I'm just going to go and, uh, you know, drop 30 K on this thing. Then good for her. 
But her statement on Twitter said lots of elected officials get invited to these things and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. So I think there's some questions there. I'm not saying she's a criminal or a crook or anything like that. I think you have a campaign fund and this is what people do, whether you like it or not. They make donations to other charities, other campaign committees, that type of thing. But I think it's really rich to call yourself a working class person when your job is to be in the United States Congress. In a country of 300 million Americans, there's only 530 some odd people in Congress. That's not quite the working class most people think it is. Anyway, don't move a muscle straight ahead. We're going to jump into that General Milley fiasco with China and a whole lot more. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. This is America. All right, welcome back, America. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, and that's at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And listen, I want to get into this General Milley stuff because I think it's totally inappropriate that General Mark Milley said to China, listen, I will tip you off. I will let you know if uh, Trump is going to take any military action on you. Now, some may think, well, listen, Rich, that's diplomacy. It's a professional courtesy. He is a general of the United States. I don't think the general's supposed to tell people, hey, we're coming in to attack you. Now, again, if that's the way I'm perceiving it, probably because I have a negative perception of him. You know, maybe this was in the form of a threat, right? Maybe it was Millie. If you guys do this, I'm telling you right now, I will let you know. If you do this, Trump is going to react and he's going to want to blow you up. And I'm telling you right now, we're going to come after you. Maybe, but it strikes me as that probably wasn't the case. It was probably like, orange man bad is going bananas. And if you do this and that, he's going to bomb you guys. So don't mess with him. Or listen, if the crazy orange guy, because, you know, they hate Trump. They hate Trump. They hated Trump. They still hate Trump. And I think that's the problem. This is why when Biden's on the campaign trail, and we're going to talk about Larry Elder in the next segment. But when Biden's out there on the campaign trail, all he can do is talk about Trump. And they want to call Larry Elder, a black guy, a conservative radio talk show host, and say that he is the black face of white supremacy. I mean, how much more racist can somebody become to call a black man that is politically conservative the black face? Are you kidding? That's like saying I am the brown face. It's meant to insult because I'm actually brown. And yes, Larry Elder is actually black. But anyway, we're going to get into that. It's this attack on Trump. He's not even around anymore and they're still after him because they're afraid of how he kind of inspired people. People said, you know what? The government is supposed to work for me. I'm not supposed to work for the government. And I don't mean in a government position. I'm just saying, you know, we're the boss of them. They're not the boss of us. But this was an article that came out in the Washington Post. Left this rag. But even them, they're saying, look, 
Sound the alarm. Millie was in talk to China, says that he would let these people know. And this is all coming out of Bob Woodward's new book from Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah, you know him. And it says that he single-handedly took top-secret action to preempt then-President Donald Trump from ordering a military strike or launching nuclear weapons, according to this new book. So they're still trashing Trump. According to the book called Peril, titled Peril, by Bob Woodward and uh, Robert Costa, Milley was worried that after the January 6th Capitol breach, Trump could go rogue and call a secret meeting on January 8th with senior military leaders. Now, listen, I tweeted earlier today about these people saying the military will step in. The reason that we're outraged at Milley is because this is the military stepping in. And the United States is a constitutional republic. At the top of our constitution, what does it say? Okay, raise your hand. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. We the people. It doesn't say we the military, we the government, we the people. We're not a military republic. We're not operated as a junta. That's why when people tell me, oh, listen, the military is going to step in and arrest Joe Biden. I'm floored by this. Because they And they look at me and they say, look, it's common sense, Rich. You got to clean this thing up. There are some good guys still left in the military. And I think, man, you watch too many movies or, or listen to too much propaganda. Because at least legitimately, legally, by the book, that's not even something we believe in in this country. Well, that's the problem, Rich. We don't believe in straightening things out. No, because we don't believe in a strong man, authoritarian, dictatorship, totalitarian regime. I don't want Biden using the military to take out patriots. And I don't want patriots using the military to take out Biden. We have a political system of laws and we have to make that work. I guess you can call me soft, but I believe in doing things the right way. Anyway, let's continue with this article. The one's in Breitbart. Now, during the meeting, the secret meeting they called, General Milley instructed senior military officials in charge of the National Military Command Center to not take orders from anyone unless he was involved, according to the write-up in the uh, book of the book by CNN. Quote, no matter what you're told, you do the procedure. You do the process. And I'm part of the procedure, Millie told him. Now, Millie went on to say, it's considered an oath, according to what Woodward and Costa wrote about Millie. This is a quote from their book. The book also revealed that Millie had two back-channel phone calls with China's top general to reassure him that the U.S. would not attack, even promising to give him a heads-up if it did. According to a write-up by the Washington Post, Millie... Four days before the 2020 presidential election, so now we're talking about November, maybe Halloween, assured his Chinese counterpart, General Li Zucheng of the People's Liberation Army, that the U.S. would not strike. Look at that. So now we're being run the United States of General Milley. That's what's happening here, right? Because he's the one calling the shots. The book goes on to say that Milley's first call was prompted by intelligence that suggested that the Chinese believed the U.S. was preparing to attack. General Lee, I want to assure you that the American government is stable and everything is going to be okay, Millie allegedly said, according to this book by Woodward. We're not going to attack or conduct any kinetic operations against you. Millie even pledged to alert Lee in the event of a U.S. attack. So hold on a second. If the President of the United States at that time, Donald J. Trump, El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th President of these United States, if he believes that China is a threat, and says, as commander-in-chief, not chairman of the Joint Chiefs, commander-in-chief, if he says, blast these guys, which is his right because he was elected to do so, Millie is saying he is going to aid and abet China, the enemy that we've been in this very uh, kind of Cold War trade war with. The quote goes on. 
Generally, you and I have known each other for five years now. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise, he said, according to the book. Now, listen, this sounds to me, and again, I, I, no tinfoil hat here. Well, no, I don't like that stuff. But to me, this sounds like he's playing for the other team. Now, he can make the case and say, look, I believed that my president was wrong, and I had to willfully disobey an order from my commander-in-chief because I felt he was unfit for command. And I would say... Put him in Leavenworth because I don't think that's how that works. But, you know, maybe we'll get a military expert to come on the show and we could try to straighten that out. But I don't think that's how it works where the president says, hey, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, do this. And General Milley gets to say, well, you know, I kind of told my guy, General Lee over there, that I would give him a heads up because I don't really think we're doing uh, Nah, I'm good. I'm going to pass. Miss me with that one, Mr. President. I don't think that goes that way. This is the problem that we have. Then he makes another call on January 8th. And he says to, to uh, General Lee in a promise, we are 100% steady. Everything is fine. But democracy can be sloppy sometimes. Milley did not tell Trump about the call, according to the book. Also, according to the book, Milley told the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, I agree with you on everything. After the Speaker called him and pressed him to secure the country's nuclear weapons and called Trump, quote, crazy. Woodward and Costa write that after all of this stuff and the call with Pelosi, they decided that he had to act and told the military service chiefs then and the CIA director at that time that they would not do anything unless they included him. So they were in effect, there was an actual coup. Even if it was not in action, they had formed a coup against America where he was in full control of the military, not the president of the United States. Now, I wonder... Was it you that voted for General Milley to be president or the commander in chief or was it somebody else? Because it certainly wasn't me, right? I voted for Donald J. Trump and all this Magnus, El Trumpito, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente, not for this clown. And that's why we have the problem that we do, because people step out of turn and they do what they do. And somehow it's okay just because, oh, because it was Trump and it was Trump was wrong. We can't keep doing things in the name of coronavirus. We can't keep doing things in we can't keep doing things just because we don't like that stuff and that stuff. People tell me you gotta get a bunch of that are in the military that the old from underground bunkers and get this back and actually from a coup on the United States because who was done on us? And I'm like, man, I think you're nuts. We have to win this war the way they want it. By subverting them, not by fighting them physically. Millie didn't fire a single shot. He's just picking up a phone talking to people. We got to do the same thing. We've got to replace Millie with a patriot. We've got to replace Nancy Pelosi with a patriot. We've got to replace Gavin Newsom with a patriot. Not these clowns like we have uh, in the State Department, like Anthony Blinken. Now, this one is, uh, this is really just a, a horrible clip of audio. So I'm not even going to play it. But I just want to read you a little bit from it because I think, man... This guy, Secretary Anthony Blinken, he says Biden faced a choice between ending the war or escalating because of Trump saying, look, when Biden took office, he inherited an agreement to remove all remaining forces from Afghanistan by May 1st. The previous administration prepped the government to release Afghanistan prisoners, etc. In return, the Taliban agreed to stop attacking us and partner forces and refrain from threatening Afghanistan's major city. So right there, he's revealing the condition that Trump alluded to every time he spoke. And he said, look, if they went into these major cities in these other provinces, we would not allow this to continue. The withdrawal would stop. But yet they went on. Matter of fact, you know, I don't want to play this audio, but I'm going to play it anyway because I want you to hear it. Listen to this. When President Biden took office in January, 
He inherited an agreement that his predecessor had reached with the Taliban to remove all remaining forces from Afghanistan by May 1st of this year. As part of that agreement, the previous administration pressed the Afghan government to release 5,000 Taliban prisoners, including some top war commanders. Meanwhile, it reduced our own force presence to 2,500 troops. In return, the Taliban agreed to stop attacking U.S. and partner forces and to refrain from threatening Afghanistan's major cities. But the Taliban continued a relentless march on remote outposts, on checkpoints, on villages and districts, as well as the major roads connecting them. By January 2021, the Taliban was in the strongest military position it had been in since 9-11. And we had the smallest number of troops on the ground since 2001. As a result, upon taking office, President Biden immediately faced the choice between ending the war or escalating it. Had he not followed through on his predecessor's commitment, attacks on our forces and those of our allies would have resumed, and the Taliban's nationwide assaults on Afghanistan's major cities would have commenced. That would have required sending substantially more U.S. forces into Afghanistan to defend themselves and prevent a Taliban takeover. And that's the part I want to focus on, right? He talks about by January of 2021, the Taliban was in the strongest military position it had been in since 9-11. And we had the starkest number of troops since 2001. As a result, President Biden didn't. President Biden faced a choice between ending the war or escalating it. Had he not followed through on that commitment, attacks on our forces and allies, uh, whatever would have sent the Taliban's assault on major cities, we would have had to have commenced. This, here it is, this would have required sending more U.S. forces into Afghanistan to defend itself and prevent a Taliban takeover. Can you believe that? It's what we all knew. They didn't want to defend the Americans that were there. They were okay with leaving them behind. They were okay with the cut and run strategy because this guy, General Mark Milley, is at the top of the food chain. This guy, General Mark Milley, made himself commander-in-chief under Trump, and only God knows what he's doing under Biden. That's a problem. We have to replace every last one of these corrupt cronies with an actual patriot that loves America, because you either love America or you don't. Keep it locked right there. We're going to get into what's going on in California with my guy, Larry Elder, who's running for governor. The election is happening right now, so we'll have a special on that. We're also going to have a special Wednesday show, not just for Larry Elder. We're going to go over those election results, but we're also going to talk about the latest with coronavirus and masks and all of that. There's brand new research from the Just Facts Foundation. I want you to check them out at JustFacts.com. You could go to JustFacts.com slash rich so you could sign up for their free updates and check out this brand new explosive report they have on masks. You don't want to miss that. And straight ahead, Larry Elder and what's going on in California. Don't move a muscle. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America. 
In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. All right, Valdez VIPs, Americanos, mi gente, my amigos, Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I want to jump into what's going on quickly in California. Larry Elder, conservative talk show host, I think he's a really smart guy, I think he's the right guy for the job, and he's out there, but... He had contact with Rose McGowan, and she's been one of these lefties that's a Bernie Sanders type. You know, a lot of the Bernie Sanders AOC types, they don't like the Democrats. That's why Bernie never wanted to be one, because they're socialists. But Miss McGowan had this explosive press conference with Larry Elder yesterday. And uh, quite frankly, this is something that I think, or it was maybe Sunday afternoon, it was one of these things that barely got any attention by the media. And again, this is, I think, Hollywood protecting itself because this stuff is going down in California. And it's such a shame that this is how they do things, but this is how they do things. So we have this audio clip that I want to play for you because I think it's just, it's so telling. But you've got Rose McGowan, she's the um, actress, and she's at this press conference with Larry Elder. And it's about her clarion call for what's going on. Her clarion call for the election being about good versus evil. Listen to this. It gives me no pleasure to be the bearer of like truth, which is sometimes ugly. But do you want a society that has gangrene on its leg, but puts on a fancy suit and pretends it's not there while they hobble in pain? Or do you want to just stop, look at reality, take your medicine, clean up the wound and run run free. Why not change? Why not go big? Why not put a stake in the heart of evil? Because that's what this really is. This is good and this is evil. And if you're tired of people looking at this country like it's the Florida of the world, which it is looked upon that way because, you know, it's earned it in a lot of ways. Um, I know this place has it in it to be better. I know it does. I've met so many good people in this country, not the elites, absolutely not. But the person I meet, you know, that's the housekeeper at the hotel I'm staying at, um, who shouldn't even have that title because she's a queen of a woman. And then we have the Jennifer Siebel Newsoms of the world. Why? Why do you keep choosing that? Why do you keep electing that? Don't listen to their buzzwords, cult leaders which is what these people are. I would know, I grew up in one, like I said. They massage your mind. They keep you in fear. They keep you in doubt. Well, you know what? Even a broken clock can be right twice a day. And I agree with Miss McGowan here that you got to call a spade a spade. And evil is evil. 
This isn't about politics. And that, to me, is what should bring us all together, saying, look, we can differ on policy, but we shouldn't differ on morality, right? Bad is bad. Death is death. Lying is lying. Stealing is stealing. Rape is rape. These things have to be kind of admitted and embraced by everybody to live in a society so that we don't go around saying, oh, well, your rape is not necessarily my rape, my body, my choice, right? I mean, we have to agree that you don't do those things. Good is good and evil is evil. And this is why we shouldn't compromise on our language and the definition of words. But Larry Elder steps in and he has a couple of words of his own. He says, hey, why is it that the media is absent here? Listen to this. You've heard the allegation that Rose just made about Gavin Newsom's wife. She made the allegation, what, three days ago? Where's the Washington Post? Wrote the article about me. Where's the New York Times? Wrote the article about me. Where's CNN? Where's Politico? Where are you? If this had been made about me, my girlfriend is standing over there, if someone had said, my significant other, contacted on behalf of attorney Boys, who's Harvey Weinstein's lawyer, and called Rose McGowan and said, what can we do to make you go away? What can we do to make this happy? That's all you guys will be talking about between now and the end of my campaign. This is a double standard to which I've been subjected to my entire time, and I'm sick of it. And you ought to be sick of it. Where's your integrity? Where's your fairness? Now, what Rose said about Gavin Newsom's wife is a bombshell. This is a man who other, the other day, because he was trying to do a counterpoint of me, women are smarter than men. Women are more, more, they're, more they're better politicians. They're, they're more, they're, 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 they're better, they're better, they're better. Where is he? Where are you? His wife contacts Rose and says, what can we do to make you happy? What can we do to make this story go away? Right before the Harvey Weinstein story blew up. That's all you guys would be talking about if the allegation were made about me or my significant other. 100% Larry Elder. I'm with Larry Elder all the way here. You can't have the governor's wife, the first lady of California, saying, hey, look, what can we do to make this kind of go away? Hmm, yeah. Because, again, the standard was set, if that were Trump's wife, if that were Melania Trump, well, we would be up in arms, right? Everybody, oh, my God, she's trying to make a payoff. I mean, heaven forbid, his lawyer, his private personal attorney, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, was doing some things on his behalf, and they said, no, 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 sir, you're you're committing some sort of uh, federal violation, and what we can't do to you legally, we'll do through the back door and pressure these lefties in, in the New York State Supreme Court to say, you know what, we're going to take your license away, your law license in New York. And they keep going after Rudy, because that's how they work, just like Biden. Look, if I don't have the law on my side, if I can't uh, force you to take a vaccine, well, I'll just call your boss. And have the company do it. And we'll pretend it's through OSHA. And that's exactly what they're doing. That's why you've got, I've got doctors, at least, I don't know about you, but I've got medical doctors calling me saying, look, I got a letter in my email from my board certification organization. You know, these uh, people that are certified by the American Board of Internal Medicine, they got an email saying, listen, if you uh, participate in any media interviews or advice you give to your patients or whatever, I, I have it on hand. Maybe I can uh, screenshot it and tweet it or read it uh, on the next show. But they basically say you are putting your board certification at risk if the doctor's medical opinion is at odds with the overall organization. They don't work for that organization. All they do is say, hey, look, you have the education, the training, uh, the um, experience, the hours, whatever it was that you had to do to have this credential to be board certified. 
And you won't be board certified if you say things like, you know, a vaccine should be voluntary, which they have always pretty much been. This is the problem that we have where the government steps over the line, does whatever they want to do when they can't do it legally. And we, I got a lot on this that I want to get into tomorrow. I wish I had a little bit more time today, but we're almost up against my magic number, which is like 30 minutes. I try to keep it to 30 minutes so that you could listen to this in the car, on the treadmill, wherever you're at. But when they call Larry Elder the black face of white supremacy, and I mentioned that before, but I want you to hear it because, again, this is a black man. He is a black man. And they're saying that he's the black face of white supremacy. I mean, it just is wrong on so many levels. It's absolutely unacceptable to allow people to mistreat people just because they disagree on politics. Now, I know it sounds soft, but oh, Rich, listen, get with it. You know, it's really wrong for people to punch Asian people in the face all over Manhattan, but it keeps happening. Understood. Understood. But just because there are evil people doing bad things doesn't make us compromise our own values. We have to hold on to what's right and defend what is right. I'm not saying don't fight and allow people to trample you. I'm saying we have to know how to fight in this fight, a battle for the hearts and minds of Americans, because that's what they're going after. They're trying to erase history and change the way we do what we do. Think about that for a minute. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, I want to leave you with that thought, because if we stand for nothing, we will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. So do something like Larry Elder did. Do something like Donald Trump did when he left his huge skyscraper in New York City. Grabbed his supermodel wife and moved right into the swamp. Take some sort of action. Do what has to be done like the moms and dads that are flooding school boards across America to push back on the things that they know are bad for their children. We have to take action. Otherwise, we're screwed. Big special tomorrow on the outcome of the California election, the recall election, and the bombshell report from Just Facts. So make sure you check them out at justfacts.com rich. Hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.